Hey folks, you've tuned in to another episode of Last Stop Waterfowl Outdoors Podcast. On this week's show, we hope you'll join us. We're going to be talking the ice storm of the century. We're talking the coldest weather that we've seen down here in the south in many, many years and the effects that it has had on the migration and the waterfowl that has made its way down to Louisiana. We're also going to be talking about some national stories making headlines. We'll give you our take on those. And much more on this week's episode of Last Stop Waterfowl Outdoors. Let's go. Hey everybody, what's going on this week? Hope everybody's doing great. Um, a lot going on over the last week or so, especially with us here. Work, work, work seems to be the story right now. Um, a lot of you were actually probably out of work this week due to the... Uh, to the, or what I'm going to call the phenomenon that scraped across the southern parts of the United States this week in the ice storm of 2021. Um, and we're going to get to that. We're going to talk about that, um, especially how it related to the migration this year with the waterfowl that has now made its way down to Louisiana. Um, what a difference, you know, just a couple of weeks with the season closing. Um, what what a, a difference in what has shown up now with this uh, winter storm that sweeped across the southern portion of the United States over the last week or so. And guys, uh, I mean, if you're looking like I, I'm looking at it, I mean, we just missed it by a couple of weeks. So that's it. Kind of is a, is one of those deals where it just stabs you, kind of kind of puts that blade in you a little bit deeper and twist twisted. If you've had a rough waterfowl season like most of us have this year um you know and hell you know with the podcast and the show that we were planning on doing we were kind of gearing up in the fishing season kind of talking more about fishing now that springtime was right around the corner and lo and behold we have one of the largest winter storms that we've had in possibly a hundred years uh here in the south sweep across the uh, lower portions of the united states so Mother Nature threw us a curveball. We're going to talk about that um, in a little bit more. We're going to delve into that a little bit more as the show goes on. But uh, as always, I just want to welcome you all to this week's episode. Hope everybody's doing great. Hope you hunkered down, got well rested, got caught up on, on your sleep if you were able to stay home from work this week. Um, that wasn't the case for us. I can tell you we were full throttle still. Um, at the dealership, you know, at, at working in the marine industry, it is our time of the year to kind of kick things off, get the year going. Um, you've heard us talk about that before in, in previous episodes. And with my dealership that I work for, um, we are about to open up and showcase a brand new showroom, a brand new dealership um, that is scheduled to open here this coming weekend. So we have a lot going on with work. I have a lot going on with work. Um, which is also another reason that we are bringing this episode to you on a Monday. Um, normally we record, those of you who follow us on a weekly basis, you know that we record the shows typically on Sunday. We try to release them on Sundays. Uh, that's usually a good day for me uh, to be able to do the recordings and we can get you guys new content, new shows out on Sundays. And I like doing it on a Sunday because it gives you something to kind of listen to in the truck or in the car uh throughout the work week when you're headed to work i know if y'all are like me you enjoy listening to different podcasts or you know um you know while you're on the road you headed to work you headed somewhere um that's when i catch up on a lot of my favorite podcasts and i listen to a lot of my favorite shows so i like 
being able to record our, our new episodes on Sundays to get them out to all of you who listen to us on a regular basis. Um, and with that being said, I just have to say, as always, I'm so humbled. Uh, and I want to thank everybody who has been tuning in to the shows on a regular basis. If you've never heard our show and you're stumbling upon us here on Anchor.fm or Spotify, uh, maybe Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, um, i just like to say welcome to the show. Um, if you're into outdoors, whether it's waterfowl hunting, fishing, uh, deer hunting, whatever it is, we talk about it all. We invite all of you to join in on a, on a weekly basis, and we enjoy meeting new people. So welcome to the show if it's your first time uh, stumbling upon us. Tell your friends about us. If you like the show, we, we ask that you share it. Um, share our name. Get it out there. We, we have a lot of new listeners coming on. Um, the show has been growing, you know, and, and I'm, I'm super humbled by that. So I just want to tell you, thank you. Thank you to all of you who are out there listening. So, but, uh, but I hope everybody's doing great. I hope your families are good. I hope everybody's healthy. Um, you know, with, uh, it's, it's a time of year with hunting season coming to an end. A lot of guys, we, we tend to get depressed at that time of year. Um, especially if you're not a fisherman, you know, if you're not a guy who's fishing, um, Ooh, it's going to be a long way till next hunting season for the most part, you know. Um, so we, fortunately, we're big fishermen as well. So we typically have a transition period where we go from hunting season into fishing. And uh, and we're usually hitting the spawn here in South Louisiana uh, this time of year. Um, we actually made a trip out yesterday. I was off on Sunday uh, for the most part of the day. Did have to do a little bit of work-related stuff. Uh, but we did make a quick trip and wanted to kind of see what it, didn't expect a lot to be honest with you wanted to kind of see how how we'd end up doing because a few weeks ago we made a uh, trip down to uh, the Lake Verrett area and had a really good successful first trip of the year so wanted to see if we could maybe duplicate that out you know yesterday so I took Amy and both the boys out the whole family went out and uh, and we made a quick trip to the Lake Verrett area and it, it was not the same result as we saw a few weeks ago when we made that first trip that we told you guys about. So um, water temperature dropped over 20 degrees from when we were there a few weeks ago, which is really no surprise, I have to be honest. Uh, you know, but with the storm and the, uh, the cold weather that we've had now consistently for almost a week, uh, we're just starting to get a warm up here on, uh, on Monday and looking for a warmer, more milder uh forecast throughout the week um so we weren't really expecting a whole lot heading out yesterday but uh but uh, you know i was hoping to at least put maybe six or seven in the box uh enough to you know fillet and make have a couple of fillets in the freezer make a few fish sandwiches or fish po' boys uh but that wasn't the case it, 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 we we fished for about two two and a half hours and we never had a single bite yesterday so i was hoping to give you guys more of a report on this week's show but Honestly, there's not much to report because we didn't get a single bite yesterday. So that's how it goes sometimes. Uh, we hit a lot of the same areas that we hit two weeks ago uh, before the, the, the winter storm, you know, hit. And uh, we could not duplicate the same success that we had a couple of weeks ago. So uh, not much to report. Like I said, we tried everything in our box, in our tackle bag that we could throw at them yesterday. We went shallow. We went deep. Um we even tried some, you know, retrieval baits, and we fishing for sackalay. Uh, for those of you who didn't catch the, the previous episode where we gave you a report on it, 
Um, we were fishing for Sacalea, or what many call uh, white perch here in Louisiana, or crappie if you're up north. So, uh, yeah, yesterday's trip was, was a total bust for the most part, but still got to get the uh, the new boat out, got to run it. Uh, my wife, Amy, she got to take her second trip out since we've bought the boat. She's not a cold weather person at all, like many of your wives and girlfriends probably aren't. Uh, so she only comes out, guys, when it tends to warm up a little bit. So she looked at the forecast. She said, hey, it's supposed to be in the mid-60s, which normally that's too cold for her. But she said, hey, I, I want to go out so bad, I'm going to go ahead and take a trip out. Uh, we're going to go all of us together. So we did. And, uh, and it was good to get the family out. Got my youngest son, Hudson, out with us uh, and got him out from in front of the video game. So I was happy about that. Um, you know, but hell, Hudson's Hudson's playing football. He's been busy. He's playing flag football right now, and uh, he got a really good team that he's on. They they doing really well right now, um, and they're actually going to be in a little Super Bowl this weekend as one of the best teams to finish the year out. So we're looking forward to that. Um, so he has been busy. It's not like he's uh he's not coming on the trips. That's why you guys probably don't see him in the videos with us as much. Uh, y'all are more familiar with Jackson. I know y'all see Jackson quite a bit in our videos. Uh, but yeah, I mean, just a lot going on with us. I'm sure a lot of you guys have a lot going on and, uh, and that's just life. That's life, uh, for the average day working man. So, but, uh, but yeah, still uh, guys, I always like to open up the shows with uh, some stories that kind of catch my attention. Um, I know with social media nowadays, you have so much access to stories popping up. Um, and, and I like to focus on outdoor activity related stories, of course, because we're an outdoors company. Uh, we're an outdoors podcast uh, platform. So, yeah, I mean, that's what we want to focus on. So um, something that, that was in the headlines this past week, and I'm sure you guys may have heard about this or maybe you haven't heard about it yet, which is why we're going to talk about it. But uh, but Phoenix Ammunition, guys, if y'all hear that name and you hear me saying that name now you're either going to know who they are or you probably don't know who phoenix ammunition is but phoenix ammunition is obviously it's in the title it's an ammunition company um and you know how crazy it's been this year with ammunition sales um or the lack of ammunition to that's readily available to us as outdoorsmen whether you hunt or use it for self-defense but uh you know Phoenix Ammunition is one of the, the many companies out there based in the United States that is making ammunition in all kind of different calibers. Um, and they made national news this week. Um, you know, whether you look at it for all the right reasons or for all the wrong reasons, um, Phoenix Ammunition was definitely in the headlines. Um, if you go to their website, phoenixammo.com, um, the, the story that was busting out and making headlines that, that was drawing so much attention to it was um, if you go to phoenixammo.com, you, when you go to their website and you try to enter their website, um, you as a shopper or as a potential customer is prompted with a question, did you vote for Joe Biden? Question mark. And I have to say, I, I'm laughing when I say that because I absolutely think this is so goddamn funny that this is this is something that is out there that a company is asking of their potential customers before um, they let them enter the website. So when I first heard about the news, I thought I said, "Oh, that's that's bullshit." Because with the cancel culture that we're in nowadays, I mean, you guys know exactly what I'm talking about. You know, you can't say shit if you're not 
100 percent on the left side of 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 the liberal thinking you know um so i i said okay i'm gonna go log on so of course i, I grab my computer i log on to you know www.phoenixammo.com and sure enough guys as sure as shit the first question that pops up is did you vote for joe biden yes or no okay so it gives you an option yes or no to click on so i clicked on no you know and automatically it, it lets me into the website um so a few days later i i said okay i'm gonna go back i'm gonna try it and i'm gonna hit i'm gonna hit yes i did vote for joe biden i said i'm gonna select the yes option that i did vote for him so i select yes on the website the next time i go to it and when i did that you are automatically redirected to joebiden.com slash gun safety and that is just funny as shit to me i have to admit like many of you probably are that read this story um so basically what it says is that uh you know president biden his, his plan was to end gun violence is what the article talks about and it tells you exactly what their plan is as his administration to end gun violence which has a lot to do with a lot of popular topics right now with firearms banning you know high capacity magazines banning certain caliber guns uh you know ars assault rifles that or what they term as assault rifles uh any kind of gun that they don't agree with is what this article basically states that they are are, are looking to pass legislation to be able to eliminate so if you are on phoenix ammunition's website and you click that you voted for joe biden it takes you automatically redirects you to his website where it explains how their plan to eliminate you know all this stuff that we're talking about so but if you vote if you go to the website and you click on no you did not vote for joe biden like i did um then you are allowed into phoenix ammunition's website um you know so my take on that is that hey censorship can go both ways you know we oftentimes right now with the cancel culture hear all the all the libtard shit that's out there about all these uh all these people apologizing um i know you know those of you who are country country music fans um there was also news this week about you know a popular person in country music luke combs you know uh going out there and apologizing for having the confederate flag you know in a video that he did back in 2015 with ryan upchurch uh, which is a very popular song i was familiar with the song because uh, i'm a huge country music fan I've, I've listened to traditional country i like you know some of the modern stuff but uh but i was a i was a huge luke combs fan you know i like him i think the guy's talented i really do but right around election time like many of these other celebrities that have a, or, or think they have a, a platform to get up on and speak they they get out there they start you know voicing their opinion and bashing certain people and, and you know uh, he was a huge biden you know supporter which hey you are you aren't that's fine but you don't have to go out there and preach it to everybody else you know in my opinion so luke combs gets up there he was in a video like i mentioned with ryan upchurch in 2015 called can i get an outlaw um and he had a guitar in the video where he's playing the guitar singing and has a picture of a confederate flag on his guitar a sticker on the guitar so 
now fast forward five you know five six seven years he's a one of the biggest country music fans out there in the industry nowadays and uh you know with all the morgan wallen shit that went down a few weeks ago with all that that just blew up which morgan wallen as of today is the number one selling country artist of 2021 so it don't seem like it's hurting him a whole lot uh i'm not saying he should have said what he said um which i don't agree with but you guys understand what I'm talking about, this whole cancel culture type deal. Um, so Luke Combs comes out. He apologizes this week for being in that video in 2015, for having a Confederate flag on his guitar. Um, and just, I mean, for what? What reason does he have to come out and apologize? Nobody had had uh, approached him about it. But nowadays, these, these celebrities, they get to a certain point, they sign these record deals, they go out there, uh, whether it's a singer, an actor, uh, or anybody in general that has a platform that's a celebrity, some of them feel like they have to go out there and apologize for something they did not even do or that nobody was even raising hell about to begin with, which is absolutely retarded in my opinion. So, you know, the double standard of, you know, like I mentioned with Phoenix Ammunition here is, hell, it could go both ways. Instead of, you know, them catching all the heat, they decided, Phoenix Ammunition, that they were going to turn, flip the script and turn it around. You know, they, they said that, you know, they gonna, they're going to eliminate people going to their website. They'd rather not deal with customers who, who voted for Joe Biden, somebody who was looking to put companies such as them out of business. You know, and if you think about it, you can't argue with them for that. Um, I could totally understand that. If somebody was trying to put my business you know, or my company out of business, um, then yeah, I would damn well want to know who it is and protect that side of it or explain myself if I could, um, you know, to try to ch change that. Um, but in this situation, Phoenix Ammunition, in their statement, when this all came out this past week, they came out and said, yes, we 100% do not need these people as customers uh, because they obviously support you know, um, a man who was single-handedly trying to take down companies such as our company and uh, and basically eliminate us as a company. So, but if you look at these guidelines, I mean, that the Biden administration has out there, they, they, are, they have some really crazy stuff as far as gun-related, um, you know, topics that, they're, that they want to do, guys. And I'm sure a lot of you, I don't have to preach all, go into too many details about all of it. You know, if you, most of us as hunters, most of us as outdoorsmen, we follow all this type of stuff, whether it's political, um, you know, stuff that influences the, you know, our, our rights, um, or threatens our rights as outdoorsmen, as the second amendment, any of that type of stuff. So you know what I'm talking about, but if you look at the Biden administration, you know, what their ultimate plan is for the second amendment and for, you know, you know, companies out there that produce firearms, produce ammunition. It's scary. It is, it is honestly scary. Um, you know, a lot of these companies, um, and one of them we're going to talk about here in a second, um, you know, they import firearms into the United States. Well, they're looking at possibly banning, uh, these, these imports from coming into the country. They don't want, uh, companies, you know, importing firearms into the country, um, you know, that offer ARs, um, you know, high capacity magazines and a whole list of stuff. There, it, I could go on for days with that, but there's a lot of crazy legislation that they're attempting to get passed through right now. 
um, from what I'm seeing and what many of you are seeing out there right now in the national media. So, but the guy, the story with Phoenix Orms absolutely caught my attention, like it did probably a lot of you guys. Um, you know, that just goes to show you, like I said, hey, it's not only you know it's not only the left that's pushing to have it their way. Um, people when they start to fight back and they start to kind of you know uh, defend themselves, it can go both ways. So this story really caught a lot of national attention and stirred up a lot of conversation this week. Um, but I, I, I invite you guys, go check them out. Uh, Phoenix, like I said, it's Phoenix Ammo. It's www.fenixammo.com. American company. Guys, go support them. Buy some ammunition from them if you're looking for ammunition. Hell, they are true patriots from what I can see here. Um, you know, go go support a great country, that, uh, a great company that's based here in our country. Um, so that would be my take on that story, guys. Um, also another story that made headlines this week. A lot of you are familiar with Colt, Colt manufacturing, the old Colt 1911. Uh, who, who isn't familiar with Colt firearms? If you're a firearm enthusiast, um, a lot of people we talked about over the last few weeks, Remington, how Remington, you know, had a, a filed for bankruptcy last year and then they had been purchased, you know, separated, divided the company and, and went in different directions they're about to kick up their manufacturing on the firearm side again here pretty shortly. Uh, but Colt Manufacturing was kind of somewhat in that uh, same type of situation uh, as far as being a financially unstable company. Uh, from what I've always read since you started hearing the rumors, um, you know, they were owned by a group that was uh, more of an investment group, not really, uh, you know, have their feet and, uh, and, and knuckles buried in the firearms industry. Um, so, you know, a lot of times, like we talked about, you get these investment companies that come in, don't really know a whole lot about them. But, uh, you know, they, they, they invest in a name brand like Colt or Remington, and then they try to turn them and, you know, make them more profitable, make a quick buck, and then they out of there. They sell them off to somebody, and they, uh, they move on to the next company. So Colt Manufacturing has one of the oldest U.S. you know United States manufacturing companies in the U.S. for for decades has been producing firearms. Well, like I mentioned, uh, they started having you know financial problems, not the most profitable, but they were still operating um, under the Colt you know uh, brand, and they were looking. Rumor was that they were looking for uh, you know possible buyers to come in and purchase them. Um, which is what has been announced recently. Um, so a company that is very familiar with in the firearms industry, a lot of you are going to know CZ Firearms, um, which is CZ USA uh, here in the United States, which is an imports company. Um, CZ is a, is a Czech, Czech Republic company that's been making firearms for quite a long time. Um, they have been here in the USA uh, headquartered in Kansas City, Kansas since 1998 under, like I said, CZ Imports USA. Um, so they've had a footprint here in the United States, you know, bringing and importing firearms in to the industry since 1998. Well, it was just announced over the last week or two that CZ was going to be purchasing Colt Manufacturing here in the United States. So, hey, what a great thing in my opinion. I have to I have to say hats off to UCZ for uh, for stepping in. You're purchasing a, a, a company who's been around for many, many decades uh, that is an American company 
that started here in America um, and has a great reputation in the name. Um, you know, and now we have a firearms company who has been dealing with firearms, building firearms, importing firearms uh, for many, many years now in CZ that will now have ownership of the Colt manufacturing and the Colt name. To be able to produce firearms, uh, come out with new innovative products for Colt, and expand on the brand. So that, when I heard that news, guys, I was like, okay, that is a great move for CZ. That's also a great thing for Colt Manufacturing. Um, I'm going to tell you one thing that I could see it being a great thing for CZ purpose-wise. Um, you know, we're talking about with the Biden administration there looking to eliminate import uh, companies possibly uh, that are importing, that are outside of our country and importing into the U.S., <clears throat> without having any kind of base or any kind of, uh, you know, headquarters, any kind of uh, manufacturing here in the U.S. That's what they're trying to eliminate. Well, you know, CZ is one of those companies, but they have a CZ USA headquarter here in, in the United States. Like I mentioned, they already got a footprint here in the United States. So by purchasing somebody like Colt, who is a U.S. company, to go along with their CZ USA headquarters here in the United States, guys, that really helps solidify CZ as far as not being a threat to be eliminated by this new administration guidelines and legislation that they're looking to push. So smart move by CZ, in my opinion on that. Um, I think it's going to be a great fit for them. And like I said, I think it's going to be a great fit for Colt Manufacturing. Uh, because now they are going to be owned, operated, and uh, and their products will be manufactured by someone who knows the firearms industry. They know what's going on. They're not looking just to make a quick buck and flip it and move on down the road. Um, it's going to be something that I think that 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 can last for many decades, you know, and uh, and bring both companies a lot of stability. So good news to hear that. Um, and yeah, I mean, I was, I was really happy to hear that. I have to be honest with you. So, so that's two stories that really caught my attention, guys. I wanted to share that with y'all, uh, on this week's episode. Uh, I try to bring those news headlines to you as soon as I can discuss them with you, try to keep them current. That's stuff that I find interesting. And a lot of you, uh, are like us outdoorsmen. You find that stuff interesting as well. So I hope y'all enjoy those segments when we talk about that type of stuff. But guys, we're going to take a quick break right here. When we come back, we're going to be talking the ice storm of the century down south uh, and a lot more. So y'all stay tuned. This is Last Stop Waterfowl Outdoors. All right, everybody, we're back. Welcome back to this week's episode of Last Stop Waterfowl Outdoors. I'm your host, Jacob Robery. And guys, we were talking about how this time of year, we're usually gearing up for fishing, springtime fishing here in Louisiana. Well, if you're like us, we invite you to check out Chris, our buddy Chris Thornton and Cajun Tackle House here in South Louisiana. Chris Thornton, owner and operator of Cajun Tackle House down in Morgan City, Louisiana, guys. Uh, go check them out. If you're into bass fishing, sackle fishing, or you're looking to get a brand new custom rod possibly built for you or as a gift for somebody, check them out on the web. Check them out on social media. Cajun Tackle House in Morgan City, Louisiana. You will not be disappointed. Great guy. Chris is a great friend of ours here on the show. They support us here on the podcast. And I can honestly tell you guys, I fish with Cajun Tackle House lures all the time. 
uh, custom built spinner baits, jigs, chatter baits, style baits, uh, you name it, Cajun Tackle House got it. Also have Chris working on some custom fishing rods for me and the boys right now for this season. Um, and I can tell you the craftsmanship on the new custom built rods are, are phenomenal. So check them out guys, that's Cajun Tackle House and my buddy Chris Thornton over in Morgan City, Louisiana. Well guys, as we head into the last segment here of this week's show, uh, we could not have this week's show without talking about the obvious guys. And when I mean the obvious, we are talking about the ice storm of a century, cold weather uh, here in the south, specifically for us here in Louisiana. And those of you across the state know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, this past week brought record lows uh, for us this, this year, not only this year, but for years before that. Uh, you know, as waterfowl hunters, guys, we look forward to cold weather every year that has always been the way waterfowl hunters look for the, uh, you know and gauge their success of a season is on whether or not we receive cold weather um you know a lot of guys nowadays including myself us older generation guys you always hear us talk about how it doesn't seem like it gets as cold as it used to you know i know i've referenced that several times you know when i was a kid i remember starting out in you know in the uh you know the months of october right around when we'd start squirrel hunting and rabbit hunting and i remember opening weekend of squirrel season which was the first weekend in october and still is the first weekend in october i remember us having to wear big coats i remember us wearing jackets building fires at the campgrounds uh that we hunted and we visited and you know nowadays it just seems like you get to that time of year for the most part and hell you in short sleeves uh, you having to take off pants after you get back from the hunt. You're putting on shorts. Um, I mean, you might be sweating. We have the thermocells out. You have off. It's just a different story nowadays, guys. You just don't see that cold weather. So you got to hope that when waterfowl season hits in November that you, you, you get those pushes of cold weather to bring birds down, especially with the number of people and new hunters and, and you know hunters across the flyways now. Um, you know, with the crops and whatever it may be that you feel is short stopping the birds. Um, you know, I always have said that I think if you get those big pushes of cold weather, that it would force the birds down to us. You know, a lot of people here in Louisiana, uh, in Arkansas, those of you guys who are in Arkansas that listen to the show, Mississippi, Texas, um, a lot of us have been frustrated. We've, we've documented that. We've talked about that. And we beat that horse till it's dead, you know, um, you know, with all the reasons of why the birds aren't coming, why they're not showing up. But I honestly felt, you know, that weather has played one of the biggest factors, you know, in my opinion. Um, I have even said that if you guys listen to us on the show, um, you've heard me talk about that. And I've made that very clear that I felt that was always a big reason that we weren't getting the push of birds. Um, you know, so... You don't get the cold temperatures. The birds don't have to leave. You know, they have plenty of food in the flyway above us, um, all the way up to Canada. More people are hunting, more people are planting, more people are hunting over uh, non-harvested crops. Uh, and the way it goes, in my opinion, guys, is if it doesn't get cold enough to freeze those areas up north, those birds have an endless buffet of 
food source to to winter on you know to stay there to loathe in those fields to uh, you know find those those sanctuaries where those birds can rest and then you know get up overnight and fly into a cornfield and eat till they till they absolutely blow up you know it's you know i heard a guy say when i was listening this week we were talking uh, and i actually saw this guy talking about it on, on social media he said you know what he said i have property he said i flood and i plant corn and, and do not harvest it on purpose because I want to attract waterfowl to my property. I put in that time, I put in that money, and I want to make my land and my property the best waterfowl habitat it can be. Well, you know what? That pissed a lot of guys off to see somebody say that. But you know what, guys? If we were in that situation and we had, A, the land and the property and the money and the resources to make our property as waterfowl hunters more productive and it was totally within the guidelines of what the law calls legal, then guess what? Probably 99.9% .9 of us, if not more than that, would do it. You know, let's just call it what it is. Let's not bullshit each other. You know, we would all do it. You know, I know I would do it. If I had the money to do it, to own the property, I had the resources to plant to, to bring more waterfowl to my property and I could do it legally without, you know, breaking the law, then you damn right I would do it. And most of you would too, because if you say you wouldn't, you probably lie, you know? So this guy caught a lot of heat this week on social media when he, when he posted a video um, out about that. But you know what? You can't blame the guy. He's not doing anything wrong. Yeah, we may not like it down south, we may feel that, oh, the, the birds don't make it to us because of guys like him. But you know what? He has that advantage, you know? He has that ability to do that, and he's not doing anything illegal. So whether we like it or not, guys, that's the facts. That's the way it is. So in my opinion, you know, uh, the, the, the thing that could, you know, possibly change that to make us more successful is mother nature herself something that man's not controlling which is the weather during waterfowl season you know if we get cold weather sweep down from you know canada and comes all the way down and it freezes over those crops that this guy has or you know it, it locks up all those bodies of water you know then guess what those birds got to keep moving down south and i after this week, seeing this, this winter storm that we had here in the south, if you don't believe me when I say that, then you need to go out right now. Go out this week. I know it's a little warmer this week. We're having a warming trend. But go out to, to your local area that you waterfowl hunt this week and take a look and see if you see more birds than you saw a few weeks ago when the season closed. I could tell you for a 100% honest-to-God fact, that I actually did some scouting this week after work. And I'm, yeah, scouting. Scouting in February. And I wanted to see. Because I have seen the videos that people are showing on social media of their leases, their rice fields. Absolutely loaded with ducks and geese right now. Loaded. And I'm talking loaded. Like the old days where you'd see just birds piled in. Birds on top of each other trying to land, swimming around, every kind of species, mallards, gadwall, widgeon, 
you know, shovelers, teal. It didn't matter, guys. Y'all have seen the videos out there that people are posting this week. I was on my way home from work the other day. I work here in Hammond, Louisiana, which is the southeast portion of the state of Louisiana. So I was going home. I crossed two popular WMAs that I, that I actually have an interstate run between on my way home. As I was going home, I was making it before the sunset. And I looked out to my left off of the interstate toward one of the WMAs. And I saw a black cloud of birds circling over a marsh area in this WMA and just flying all through the WMA from the interstate now. So these birds aren't shot. They haven't been getting shot at for a couple of weeks now. They don't have no pressure on them. But I'm talking numbers that I didn't see all season. Just off the interstate going home. So I told myself, I said, okay, tomorrow when I come home, I said, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to try to come. I'm going to pull off the side of the road. I'm going to watch and see if I see any kind of flight. Well, guys, I sat there and I watched birds pile into a pothole, no bigger than a little above ground swimming pool that most of you probably have in your backyards. And I'm talking birds coming from the stratosphere. It was a good clear afternoon. Sun was going down, good cold, cold temperatures, and they had birds locking up on all these little potholes in this public land marsh area right off of the side of the interstate. I was on a little gravel road in the wildlife management area just sitting on the top of my truck watching birds pile into the marsh. And I, I couldn't believe it. It's something that I haven't seen all year, you know. I, I actually pulled out my smartphone. I started filming it. And if you guys go check out our Facebook page, um, check out our YouTube channel, you'll see the three-minute video clip I have of a couple of potholes of birds just absolutely piling into these little potholes. And I'm talking no bigger than a little above-ground swimming pool like most of us have in our backyards in the summertime. These birds were literally, there was there were so many ducks that they were walking on land. They were just, they were getting out of the, the little pockets or if they couldn't land in the pocket of water, they were landing on dry land and walking around throughout the marsh. And it was in every pothole I could see birds coming in and landing. Big groups of birds jumping up. Um, and it, it just, it, it absolutely opened my eyes because this is an area that I hunt during the season. It's one of my areas that I hunt. And I haven't seen birds like that all year. A good buddy of ours, Joey Moran, great hunter. Joey's one of the, one of the better hunters that I've hunted with throughout the years he's a younger younger guy than me but joe is one of those guys he's a natural he went out this week he kind of did the same thing that i did except he took it a step further he uh he works offshore like many of you probably do in the oil field uh so he was home for you know a stretch that he came home this week he is up north in the northern part of louisiana you know around a very popular wma up there um, you have the Washita River. You have, uh, you know, several different rivers that run through up North Louisiana and come all meet together. Uh, but he got up there. He went out with a friend of his, and they they took a mojo decoy, just mojo decoy. Obviously, a couple of calls, but no firearms because the season's closed. And he just did like a little mock hunt just to see what they were gonna see. And and if you look at the video he shot, he has mallards gadwall just locking up on this mojo 
right off of the river where he where he was scouting at and doing this little mock hunt. Uh, and I don't want to call it a mock a hunt because it wasn't a hunt. It was just doing a little scouting trip, basically. You know? But I'm talking about with his smartphone taking great video and up close him calling, you know, these birds and they're, they're coming, flying the river and making a couple of calls to them. They see this mojo. They make some circles around and just lock up and come down and land up next to the mojo in the river. I mean, just gorgeous, gorgeous to see this happening. Like you would see, you know, in a TV show that we watch, you know, on the outdoor channel or something. But this is reality. This is guys ever like you and me on public land that are, are experiencing this right now. But the birds, you know, what's, what made it so beautiful was that up north, they got a lot of snow this week. And these birds, it was, you know, snow-covered banks, a lot of frozen water. But the river had, had water that was not frozen up. And these birds were just using it as a, as a highway. And he was able to call those birds in. Uh, and have them lock up on them like that. It was it was so cool to see, you know. Um, it just goes to show you guys, if we get the weather patterns like we did this past week, which is something we haven't had in years, years, decades. You know, some people said this week, they said the coldest weather we've had in 100 years. You know, I don't know if that's true. But I can tell you it's the coldest weather that we've experienced, that I've experienced as a hunter in years that I can remember. You know, I'm talking back to those days of me being a child when I was talking about us having cold weather in October, you know, early cold weather. You know, you might have not had an ice storm like we had here over the last couple of days, but it was cold early on, you know, and then you always seem to have some sort of, you know, multiple freezes throughout hunting season. You just don't see it no more like that. You know, you don't see that weather pattern anymore like that, but we experienced it this past week and what a difference it made in the migration those birds finally made it down to louisiana guys they are here right now three weeks after hunting season ended four weeks for some of us that were in the coastal and western zone right now your marshes are probably loaded up with birds you know like i said when i made that that little scout the other day and i filmed those birds that was in a marsh public land area where Joey was, where he filmed those mallards and gadwalls, you know, locking up on those, on that mojo. That was public land opportunity. Like most of us hunt up north. I seen videos from across the state. Richard K. Yancey is another one. You know, those of you who hunt Red River or Richard K. Yancey, what is termed Richard K. Yancey nowadays, you're very familiar with the way it all went down over the last couple of years, how it kind of went through a trend where it was good for years. Then it kind of went through a, a struggle and then, you know, it kind of picked back up, but it's never been back to those good old days, uh, which it may never, like we always say that, you know, but a good buddy of ours released a video clip this past week. If you're familiar with Richard K. Yancey and you come and, you know, you're coming through the reserve, you, you go through several different locks getting into Richard K. Yancey. Um, it's smack dab right there around Angola, Louisiana, you, you, where the Red River uh, comes down, meets up, you know, with the Mississippi River. And traditionally, years ago, was a phenomenal waterfowl habitat in the wintertime. A lot of good duck hunting was there. 
Well, you know, a lot of factors play into whether or not the, the, the hunting is good at Richard K. Yancey for waterfowl every year with the water levels. But those of you who have rode through Richard K. Yancey, you know the levee that you ride, the road, the highway follows along the levee. If you're going into the reserve, coming from like Baton Rouge or, you know, whether you're coming from like Marksville, all that area, you'll have the river on your right over the levee. And that river, this past week, our buddy posted a video on Richard K. Yancey's page, Facebook page, of the ducks just absolutely piling in on the riverside as the water and the rain, you know, had, had you know, risen and put a lot of water onto that side. The river overflows, it rises up, it comes up, you know, to, to the where the levees are. And just depending on how much rain and how much rise you get depends how high up on the levee it comes. Well, those of you who have hunted Richard K. Yancey before, when you cross that levee, all those little roads that go to your favorite duck hunting holes, guys, if the season would have been open, just imagine. From the video, what I saw was thousands and thousands of ducks and geese in the video clip that he shot. Our buddy was literally on the levee, riding the top of the levee, which you could do at Richard K. Yancey. It's legal to do that. He was riding the levee and filming the ducks that were landing and getting up off the riverside. Not in the river, just in the overflow going leading up to the levee that he was riding on top of. And I'm talking thousands of ducks. You know, those of you who hunted Richard K. Yancey this year, I can promise you, you never saw it like that throughout the season. You know, that's a spot we hunt also. Our crew, we got a good friend of ours who has a camp there at Richard K. Yancey. We went there last year for opening weekend. Not this past season, but the season before. We were at Richard K. Yancey for opening weekend. We hunted that side of the levee. And we killed. We killed birds. We had a good opening weekend last year. But you, we never experienced or never saw anything like our buddy filmed the other day on that side. And that's just one side of the levee. Imagine all your other places like your lower sunk area. You know, those of you who, are, or who hunt Richard K. Yancey, you know that area is well known. And all the other holes that you hunt on that left side of the reserve road. It's just unbelievable. You know, a buddy of mine, he lives in Evangelist Parish, Ville Platte, where I grew up at. He, uh, he posted a video yesterday of, of a couple of agriculture fields that were flooded uh, not far from his house. And thousands of ducks and geese were in those fields. They're everywhere. That's the story you hear everywhere right now in, in the state of Louisiana. Whether you're northern Louisiana, whether you're south Louisiana, that's the story, guys. Ducks and the migration has finally made it to Louisiana. And unfortunately, it was just a little too late this year for us. You know, like I mentioned, if two or three weeks ago, imagine how we could have ended out the season. What a different story we could have told, huh? Imagine those birds you could have mounted. That that you might have got that that special bird that you've been trying to kill. You know, for, for so long, and you might have not even seen... Uh, this is the first year, personally, like me personally... This is the first year I, ne I didn't even kill a mallard this year. Not one. Never shot a mallard. Never had an opportunity to shoot a mallard this year. Where we hunted. And, and they just never made it down to us where we were. 
It just seems like we never had that opportunity this year. And that's the first season in many seasons that I haven't killed a mallard. You know, and we talked about that. You just don't see mallards as much as you used to here in the state, you know. We have other birds now that you're killing in areas that traditionally had mallards. You know, you're killing divers now in places where you used to kill green-winged teal. You used to kill spoonbill. You used to kill mallards. Now you're killing divers. You're killing, you know, gadwall. And there's nothing wrong with that at all because that's what you have to do. You have to adjust to the times now. That's what we're learning. Even as experienced waterfowls as we are, been doing it since I'm a kid with my father, I'm even learning every season that I have to adjust more and more to make it successful. But the ultimate factor, in my opinion, guys, and seeing what I've seen over the last week is Mother Nature's the ultimate factor for us here in Louisiana or us here in the south in Mississippi, Texas, Arkansas, you guys. Mother Nature's the ultimate factor. If we get the cold weather like we got over the last week, she's showing us right now, hey, it can happen. You could blame all these other people and all these other things for why you're not killing no birds. But she has the ultimate control over it, in my opinion. And I, and you guys may disagree with me, you know? I'm not saying that's the way it is. But that's my opinion. And seeing what I saw over the last week, and knowing what birds are here now, and what brought those birds down here, I'm a believer now, guys. You'd have to you'd have to sit back and and say that if you don't believe the weather's one of the biggest factors, you'd have to say, you know, otherwise. You'd have to have a really good, you know, opposition and explanation to convince me otherwise. You know? Now granted, I, you know, I had we talked about it with some friends and a couple of guys said, "Yeah, well, they don't have no pressure." Well, a lot of your fields up north are fl or not not flooded anymore. They drained them. Yes, and that is all also factors that have pushed the migration further down south, I'm sure. But, in my opinion, the cold weather was the main deciding factor of that. And you always hear the old, old-timers, you know, the grandpas that are still hunting with you. You know, uh, the dads that are that have been doing it for decades that are still hunting with us. You'll always hear them say, talk about the weather and, you know, Mother Nature. Man, we got to get cold. We get some cold weather. Uh, we're going to get the birds. Or, hey, the former's almanac said it's going to be one of the coldest years. You know, it's going to be a cold winter this year. We should have a good duck season. They they truly believed that because they knew. They saw it in their time. And although it's not what it was when they were there, you know, in their prime, you know, of what it was in those those heyday, those, those good old days, there's – Mother Nature still showed us a flash over the last week, guys, that we have a we have the opportunity to to experience a taste of what they saw. I'm not I'm not saying let's let's be greedy and we're not gonna get those type of cold fronts two and three, four times throughout a season. It's just not gonna happen. But if we could get one solid week or a week and a half, you know, blessed to maybe get two weeks of cold weather like we had over the last week, then look at what a difference it can make for us as hunters here in Louisiana. 
I have to tell you guys, I'm excited. I'm I'm as ready today to go hunting as I was at the beginning of the season after seeing what I saw over the last week. I'm so fired up for next season that I can hardly take it right now. I'm not really worried about fishing. I want to go duck hunting. I know a lot of you probably feel the same. But unfortunately, that just ain't the way it is. We have to hold off on that stuff. We have a whole year until we get back in those blinds, or at least until September, until till season comes around. And that's just something we're going to have to live off the memories of, of, of the positive things that we had happen throughout the season this year. If you were fortunate enough to have a good season, fortunate enough to make some good memories in the blind. And honestly, seeing what I saw over the last couple of days, that's enough to keep me excited heading into next year. So I hope it does the same for you guys. I would invite you, hey, if you want to, you know, if you don't have a whole lot going on right now, in the next week, go out to your duck hunting holes. Go check them out. You may be shocked at what you see right now because they're not going to be around forever. They're not going to hang around for that long. So there's a fine window of what you can see when you're going to see it. But go check it out. I encourage you to do so. It's pretty cool. You know, like we love shooting video. We love taking pictures. We just love the outdoors, you know. But videos and photos, that's a big part of what I do, what I like to do. It's a hobby of mine. And, man, just to sit back without the pressure of setting up decoys, grabbing, you know, your guns, your ammunition, beating guys to a spot to try to hunt. For me to go sit on top of my truck the other day and watch those birds and, and you know, shoot some video of those birds coming in, and seeing the different species, it, it was a completely different experience than, than hunting during the hunting season. It, it was it was truly, it was something special about it, guys, you know? So take the time right now while we got birds here. Go, go check it out, your favorite hunting spot, you know? Do it legally because <laughs> old green jeans will still get you. But So make sure you're legal in what you're doing. But... Hell, go check it out and see see what, like I said, what's out there. You may be surprised, and it may give you some fuel for next season to put on that fire that's going to be burning throughout the off season for duck season to come back around. I know it did for me. I know Jackson's fired up. I showed him video this week, and that boy's ate up with it right now. You know, he had a couple of good hunts at the end of the season killed some birds on his own and he, he's he's fired up he's ready to go for next season so but that's that's what i really wanted to talk to everybody about this week on the show guys you know we have a lot to look forward to next season i think i'm hoping that some of those birds they have an imprint that's you know that they're making right now being down here maybe some of those birds will make it back down here next year because they were here this year that wouldn't have made it down before this this big storm hit um you know birds are like that waterfowl migratory birds are oftentimes like that so maybe if we could get a fraction of those birds back here in louisiana making their way down hell it gives us better hunts next year you know so well guys that's all i'm going to say about that um 
I just want to thank everybody for tuning in to this week's show. I know our time's coming to an end right now. And as always, when we're wrapping up, guys, you hear us talk about our great sponsors. Um, our good old buddy, Romeo Mamalo over at Wrap It Up Cajun Customs. We've been talking a lot about Romeo lately, man. He has a, a booming business going on right now with Wrap It Up Cajun Customs. If you're looking to protect those firearms or maybe looking to spruce up, give your firearm a new look, check out Wrap It Up Cajun Customs on social media, on Facebook. Romeo will vinyl wrap your favorite firearm, whether it's a rifle, a hunting rifle, a shotgun, handgun, um, home defense gun, doesn't matter what it is, Romeo can wrap it in your favorite camo vinyl wrapping, or it doesn't have to be camo. You can, There's lots of other patterns to pick from. Look him up on Facebook, Wrap It Up Cajun Customs. He'll give you a quote for your specific gun. I know he's been extremely busy. He's doing four or five guns a night right now. A lot of you guys have heard us talk about him. You've seen his work on his social media page. You want to protect your firearms for the long haul, or you want to give it a little bit different look, upgrade look to it? Well, Romeo over at Wrap It Up Cajun Customs could get it done, guys, at an affordable price. It's much more affordable than hydro dipping, and it lasts just as long. For many years to come, he did several of our guns for us, and I can't tell you how well they turned out. We're extremely happy with them. So check them out. Let them know that the guys at Last Stop Waterfowl sent you. We'd appreciate it. I know he appreciates us sending them over to him, and he does great work. Also, you hear us talk about our boy Patrick Erkfitz over at Beaver Creek Game Calls. All season long, guys, we had Beaver Creek Game Calls on the lanyard with our favorite calls. Patrick will design, create the call that's perfect for you in your favorite color pattern, whether it's an alma mater, school alma mater colors, or you want to go with any certain color, Patrick can get it done for you. And it's not just duck calls, guys. He does turkey, deer grunt calls, and much more. All built in the USA. Custom built for you. Look him up on the web at beavercreekgamecalls.com. Great guy. He'll do you right at affordable price on a custom duck call. We, Like I said, we use them throughout the season. Very happy with them. They support us here on the show, and we can't thank them enough for it. So check them out and let them know we sent you to them. We'd appreciate it, guys. You got plenty of time for next season. Let them build you a call heading into next season. Patrick will be happy to help you guys out, and you'll be happy with the result when you get the product back. Well, guys, until next week, this is Jacob. Bidding you all a farewell. Hope y'all all take care this week. We'll do it all again next week as we get together on another episode of Last Stop Waterfowl Outdoors. Y'all take care, guys.